As a manager, you'll sometimes run into situations in which you must act unilaterally to get things done without consulting the members of your team first. You've probably taken to heart the old maxim, better to make the wrong decision than no decision at all. True enough. And it goes double when you find yourself dealing with a crisis that requires immediate resolution. But how often does that actually happen? And even then, wouldn't you rather take a little time to think before acting? When circumstances allow, consulting with your team and taking their concerns into account often represents the best way to achieve overall workplace productivity. So before handing down an edict from on high, consider the merits of building a consensus for the decision first. Now, some managers argue that consensus building has no place in leadership at all. They call it touchy-feely and assert that the workplace is not a democracy. But unless you work for the military or some emergency service, why not adopt a few democratic tactics when making major decisions? This doesn't mean everyone should vote on everything at the drop of a hat, but Sitting down with your team to consider all the permutations of a decision generally makes good sense for a variety of reasons. First off, two or more heads really do work better than one. Consensus building allows you to take advantage of the ideas, experience, and viewpoints of multiple individuals before deciding on a specific plan. Just as importantly, Taking the time to build consensus lets you empower your people rather than overpowering them. In sharing your authority this way, you take advantage of everyone's personal productivity resources and give all team members a chance to play an active role in reaching the decision. This can ratchet up initiative, encouraging team members to step forward and take a hand in achieving team or corporate goals without prodding. The consensus process starts with you convening the team and outlining the issue. You might get the ball rolling by offering several different ways forward, briefly ticking off the positives and negatives of each path. Team members can then contribute by making alternate proposals, asking clarifying questions, bringing up objections or all of the above. Everyone has a chance to voice his or her opinions and concerns, thereby shaping the direction the organization takes. This reduces the resentment that often results from unilateral directives, increasing buy-in over the long term and thus maximizing employee productivity. Consensus building works best when you allow your team members to make it their process, not yours, with you acting more as a facilitator than as a dictator. That said, you do have an obligation to guide the process and keep it from losing steam. And it's up to you to implement the details of the final decision. It takes patience to build consensus, and you'll have to take care to avoid the pitfalls of the process. Don't assume that consensus building works for every situation. It doesn't. It can be slow since it requires thorough discussion and consideration of multiple options. As a result, it doesn't make a good tool for handling emergencies. Some observers also reject the consensus concept because it requires a lot of compromise, claiming everyone ends up equally unhappy. 
But that misses the point, which is to find a workable middle ground that allows the team to move forward as a unit without ignoring the concerns of the individual team members. Consensus building works best with small groups. With larger ones, it can eat up too much time in meetings. But even if you lead a large team, you can use it to develop a basic framework for decision-making if only by assigning specific types of decisions to certain individuals or sub-teams. The group as a whole doesn't need to discuss every little thing. If pure consensus building doesn't work for either your situation or your management style, that doesn't mean you have to abandon the idea altogether. At the very least, you can bring your inner circle together to advise you while you consider your options. I recommend that you definitely do so if any of them happens to possess a special knowledge of or perspective on the problem under consideration. That way, even if the decision is ultimately yours and yours alone, at least you'll come to a better educated conclusion in the end.